Rope-a-dope. Nah, I don't like that tone. Ready? Rope-a-dope. Nothing personal word of the day. You know what rope-a-dope is, right? It's when you sort of duck and cover. Muhammad Ali, you put your fists in front of your face and you're ducking left and you're ducking right. Things are coming at you from all angles. You do the rope-a-dope. I've never seen an organization do a rope-a-dope the way the Washington Redskins are. Never seen an owner have to do a rope-a-dope. And I've done some ropes with some dopes. Nothing like what Daniel Snyder and the Washington Redskins are going through right now. I think I'm going to refer to them as the Washington don't have a names. Because they say they're changing their name. We don't know to what. And I don't think we should keep saying what their name used to be because you know what it used to be. Why are the Reds? There it goes, by the way. All right. Cut. Three. (laughs) Two. One. Rope-a-dope. Nothing personal word of the day. Yesterday, I spent all day, except for the 45 minutes when I was with you. I spent a little bit of time on CBS Sports HQ. The rest of the day, I'm hitting refresh, refresh, load new tweets, refresh. I'm searching the Washington Post, waiting for this article to come out. Because all day long, there were little drips and drabs and nicks and knobs and corners. There's going to be a big story. It's going to take down Daniel Snyder. We don't know what it is, but it's coming. The Washington Post is working on a bombshell story. This could be the end of his ownership. People were getting ready to celebrate. Refresh, refresh, and there it came. The story was about sexual harassment and how pervasive sexual harassment is in the Washington Redskins I did it. I'm sorry. That. How about old habits die hard, Bruce Willis? Miss you, Alan Rickman. The Washington note don't have a names. Apparently have an organization where sexual harassment was just part of the annual day-to-day workplace environment for years, in and out of years and over a decade. The article interviewed scores of women, 15 of whom, one of whom gave a name, 14 of whom spoke without a name about what was going on in the organization. And it started not with Dan Snyder. He was never accused in the article of participating in the sexual sexual harassment. Bruce Allen, the former president who had been hired, fired just this offseason, was not ever implicated. But the COO, the head of marketing, vice president of player personnel, the assistant. All were accused. There were screenshots of texts back and forth, inappropriate texts telling women in the sales department to wear tight clothes or to potentially get breast enhancements in order to try to close deals. Stories of women crying every day at their desk because of the organization. Women afraid to go to the human resources department, the understaffed human resources department, apparently. It was a long story. It was a story that we've heard before. The Mavericks have gone through something similar this past off season, or I can't remember with pandemic and maybe two years ago or a year ago. But there was something about this story that really struck a nerve. It involved the play-by-play radio broadcaster resigned a few days ago. It involved that VP of player personnel 
resigned slash fired a few days ago before the story came out. The other man implicated has been let go or resigned. So the three main people who are named by these women are now out of the organization. What's next for the Washington we don't have a names? What was Daniel Snyder doing? I want to bring you behind the scenes of what it is to be an owner and a president when you know that there is something coming out and you don't know what. I want to tell you a story. I don't know that I've ever told this story before. And it will give you an idea of what it's like when you get advance notice. About five or seven years ago, a call came in to the Marlins office. And someone asked to talk to me. And it was from a website. And the website said that we've got David Sampson. We have, let me actually clarify it. We have a audio recording of an upper level executive that will take down Jeffrey Loria and David Sampson. They will be forced to sell the team. Coke, have I told you this story before? I don't think I have. I try not to think about this story. So we get advance notice that we are going to be, an article is going to come out. And in that article, there will be a recording. And in that recording, there is something that is said that will be the end of Jeffrey's ownership and my presidency. So the first thing I did is I took the call and I called up the reporter. Let me, let me actually go back a step. The first thing I did was bring in our head of PR. Then we brought in our head of crisis PR. <clears throat> they came to my office and I explained what was going on. And I said, the first thing I have to do is I want to get a copy of this recording. So I called up the writer and I said, this is David Sampson. I understand that you have a recording. And I was told that they will not read me the recording, but they want to comment. And I said, with my advisors in the room, I'm not going to make a comment until you tell me what is who said it and what it is that's being said. Then, after I was told no, we brought in our lawyer. We said to the lawyer, here's the circumstance. We don't know what this is. I don't know what this could be. I was thinking back to all the things that Jeffrey may have done or I may have done. What could it be that had been recorded? Who had been recording? And then who would release it to this website? And what could it be? It's not that we ever engaged in harassment or racism or what could it be that would force us? And this was after Donald Sterling had been forced to sell the team. So the lawyer says we got to get we got to get a copy and here's what you do. You call back the reporter and say, we are going to sue you. We are going to own your newspaper because you cannot go to print with this until you verify that this is an actual recording of someone in the front office. And we've got to find out who it is. So at this point, we hadn't yet gone to Jeffrey because we didn't have enough information. I call back up the reporter and the reporter says, well, listen, I will play it for you, but I just want you to be prepared it's you, David. It's you. It's your voice. And 
you are the one who is being implicated here. So I said, I'll call you right back. I have the PR people, the lawyer, and I say, listen, I'm, meanwhile, I'm very upset. I'm, I'm freaking out because I know that I'm careful. Obviously, I have a sense of humor. I say things in jest. So that, could there be someone who had been recording me without me knowing? I really had no idea what it was. But obviously, had there been moments where I wasn't perfect, I assumed so. Enough to make me, you know, Jeffrey, I have to sell a team. I said, I'm calling Jeffrey right now. I told Jeffrey what was going on. And I said, Jeffrey, I don't know what it is, but I will stand in front of the cameras and I will resign. I will separate you from this. I will say it was just me. You had nothing to do with it. And I will resign. And that will be that. And I'll wear it. If I got recorded by someone unknowingly, I'm not going to criticize the person who recorded me. If I said something I shouldn't have said during at any time in my career, I will resign. Call back up to the reporter. And I said, listen, all right, are you sending me this recording? And the answer was, all right, we'll send it to you. So they had met, the newspaper had met or the website had met with its lawyers and they had agreed to send my lawyers the recording before I gave a comment, before the article was going to be printed with the recording. So they send the recording. I get the recording. I have never been so scared, which is strange because I knew I hadn't done anything that I knew of, but when you're in baseball, when you're, you know, 45 years old, you've lived for 45 years. Have you had a slip up? Has there been a moment? Who knows? What could it be? So we get it. Everyone is crowded around my computer. We hit play and it's a recording of me using a racial epithet to describe a player on the phone, no less with Scott Boris. It's me talking to Scott Boris using a racial slur to describe one of his players who we did not want to sign. On the recording, it's also my assistant, who has been with me since 2002, telling me that it's Scott Boris on the phone, then it's me using a racial slur to describe the player who Scott Boris is talking about. So I listened to the recording. It's very muffled. And I knew immediately there was a problem. The problem is it wasn't me. It was not my voice. It was someone imitating my voice. It was not my assistant's voice. It was someone imitating her voice. So I knew that I was being framed for something I hadn't done. I call up. I meet the lawyers there. We speak and we say, all right, what's our plan? Our plan is we are going to call back the reporter. We are going to call the editor of the website, the publisher, the owner, and we are going to make sure they understand that if they go with this, as this is David Sampson's voice, they're going to get sued and they're going to lose. It's not even a question. They then agree that they're going to release the tape over our objection, but they're going to put in the article that this is purportedly David Sampson, as opposed to this is David Sampson. It got released. It never became an issue because it was so obviously not me. It was not even a great imitation. I've got a voice. You know my voice on Nothing Personal. It's hard to imitate. And then we moved on 
and it was just another Tuesday. The reason I tell you that story is when you know there is an article coming out, when you know there's something going out, you are ready to act right then and there. Dan Snyder was asked for a comment. He was asked to give an interview as part of this expose, as part of the article that called out his franchise for a culture of sexual harassment. The owner of the team was asked, we'd like to interview you. We'd like to get your side. He declined. He declined. He declined. So the article simply says, when asked to comment, Daniel Snyder declined. He was asked numerous times. He declined. That is the worst PR advice you can get, or so I thought. It gets worse for Snyder. This is the same Dan Snyder who's dealing with his franchise name. The same Dan Snyder who's dealing with limited partners who want to sell. The same Dan Snyder who's had all sorts of issues with his team, meddling, lack of performance, leading the league in bad owner polls. Nothing. He chooses not to comment. Wrong choice, Dan. You have to be in that article. But the article comes out yesterday. Let's pretend it comes out yesterday at 5.54 p.m. I don't know when it came out. Just say 5.54. What do we get from Dan Snyder? Nothing. Zero. Silence. There's no comment. There's no statement. It's as though he had been surprised. The only thing that Dan Snyder had done, knowing that this article, which by the way, when you're doing an expose on a team, it doesn't come together. When you're the Washington Post, you're not working on this for a day or a week. This is a long-term project for a paper like the Washington Post. You've got plenty of time to get ready. All Dan Snyder did was hire an outside attorney, a woman, of course, who was hired to do an investigation and try to create and succeed in creating a better culture for the Redskins that everyone's going to be proud of. Give me a break. So the article comes out, no comments, and then all of a sudden, we get Ron Rivera. Ron Rivera, the minority hire of this past offseason, a terrific coach. Ron Rivera, who is involved in the new name of the Washington, we don't have a name yet, football team. Why? We've said on nothing personal. It is ridiculous. It is transparent. It is insulting that Dan Snyder is using him as a shield, that he's intimately involved in choosing the new name. Give me a break. Now Ron Rivera is forced to comment because there's an absence of comment from anyone above the organization. When this happens in baseball, it drives me crazy. It's like when the the manager of a team is forced to comment on something that the president or the owner are doing. The manager doesn't know. You ask the manager, why was that person traded to cut payroll? The manager's not in charge of that. The manager gets 25 guys and manages those guys. The manager would rather have the highest payroll of all time. Putting Ron Rivera out there to answer questions about what's going on with the Washington, we don't have a names, is embarrassing. So Ron Rivera, was he prepared 
when you hire outside PR counsel or you have anybody assisting you in any way, you've got to prepare anyone who may be facing the media. Coaches face the media. Managers face the media. GMs, presidents, owners, you media train, you media coach. You say to Ron Rivera, you're going to be asked about this. Here's what I want you to say. Well, I'll tell you what Ron Rivera should say, and it wasn't what he said. He said the biggest thing is that we have to move forward from this and make sure from this everybody understands we have policies that we will follow and that we have an open-door policy with no retribution. Plus, my daughter works for the team, and I sure as hell am not going to allow any of this. If Ron Rivera had gotten any sort of advice, he would know. Having his daughter working for the team is completely irrelevant to whether or not Ron Rivera believes that the Redskins should have an inclusive culture without sexual harassment. It should have nothing to do with the fact his daughter works there because every other woman who works there is someone else's daughter who's just as important as your daughter. He then did what everyone has to do when you're working for the Washington We Don't Have a Names. Talk about Dan. He said, Dan Snyder brought me here to change culture and create an environment of inclusion among employees. I believe everyone that works for this franchise has a vested interest in our success. Blah, 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 blah. I've hired a lot of managers in my time. Uh, If we wanted you to change the culture, that is true, but it's inside the clubhouse with your players. You don't hire a coach to change the front office culture. What does the coach have to do with the corporate sales department who's being told to wear tight clothes and short dresses and high heels to make a sale? What does the coach have to do with an organization that pimps out its cheerleaders and brings corporate clients to a cheerleader photo shoot and and has that as escorts? Ron Rivera has nothing to do with that. He shouldn't have anything to do with that. I believe everyone that works for this franchise has a vested interest in our success. That's in every single press release. Everybody who's hired says the same thing. We are going to move forward and we are going to be successful. We are going to make the changes necessary to make this organization a first-class organization, which by definition means it was a second-class organization when you took over. But by the way, when you get fired, the next coach is going to come in and say, we are going to do everything we can to make sure that this organization moves forward in the best possible light. Where's Dan Snyder during all this? Crickets, nothing, zero. Wake up this morning. A day goes by and Dan Snyder releases a statement. I said on Twitter yesterday that Dan Snyder must have hired the same people as Jim Crane to do his PR It's the worst possible advice I've ever seen. You have that statement ready. You know the article's coming. That statement goes out the minute that article is posted. The minute. What are you surprised that they were investigating? You were called 10 times to make a comment. You know very well that three people just walked out your door being fired or resigning. Is it a coinkadink? And the best you can do, Dan Snyder, is this? 
The behavior described in yesterday's Washington Post article has no place in our franchise or society. He should have had a parenthetical, except for the last 13 years when it had a very significant place in our franchise. This story has strengthened my commitment to setting a new culture and standard for our team. Another mistake. It might, it, I, I'm so angry. Why do I actually give a crap? I don't care if Dan Snyder completely implodes. I really don't. But I want to tell you, nothing personal listeners and viewers, when someone says this story has strengthened my commitment, call out their BS. It shouldn't take a story to strengthen your commitment to a culture of inclusion and lack of harassment. That means you're only changing it because there was a story. Which, by the way, is exactly the way Dan Snyder acts because he only changes the name when he was going to lose money. He didn't all of a sudden find God, find religion, find inclusion. People who accept harassment keep accepting it until their pocketbook says they can't any longer. People who are racist, stay racist, are always racist until their pocketbook can't take it anymore. Do I wish education would help people like Dan Snyder? You know very well education's not going to help. It's been going on for over a decade. Is it possible Dan Snyder had no idea what was going on in his organization? Yeah, it's about as likely as Mark Cuban not knowing what was going on. If you've got an absent, you know which owner may not know what's going on? Do you remember the Seattle Mariners used to be owned by a, a Nintendo and by a man who was in Japan and had never been to a Mariners game, never been to the front office, that guy may not know. I spent 18 years in the front office. There's not one thing I didn't know. And if I didn't know it, then I'm not going to tell you I didn't know it because it's my job to know it. And if something major had happened and a major issue, I'm the one out front talking about it, taking the blame. Minute one. This story strengthened my commitment to setting a new culture, blah, blah, blah. And then he said, comma, a process that began with the hiring of Coach Rivera earlier this year. What? Let me get this straight. You knew that there was sexual harassment going on. You knew that you had a racist name and that you were promulgating racism. But you figured you're going to start the process of making it better by hiring Ron Rivera. Is anyone buying what you're selling? Is one person who is listening to nothing personal right now buying what you're saying? One person reading your statement? No. Process that began with the hiring of Coach Rivera. I guess that means that all the other coaches you hired over the years, we didn't want to start the process because those coaches liked the sexual harassment. I know they didn't. Then he goes on to say, Beth, Beth Wilkinson, that's the woman who was hired of the law firm who's going to do this major investigation. I'm going to tell you how that investigation goes, by the way. Beth Wilkinson and her firm are empowered to do a full, unbiased investigation and make any and all requisite recommendations. Who's paying Beth Wilkinson? Do you think that Dan Snyder has a right of first look on the report? Do you think that Dan Snyder, that's like when baseball did the blue ribbon panel. Do you remember the blue ribbon report, which named the people doing steroids? And it was an independent review of steroids and how to make things better. This was after McGuire. It came out in 2000, right when I first got in the game. You think that Major League Baseball had nothing to do with the writing of that report? Didn't see that report before it was made public? 
Give me a break. Of course they did, no matter what they say. If you want to know something that's not totally independent, follow the money. Who's paying Beth Wilkinson? Upon completion of her work, Dan Snyder's statement continued, we will institute new policies and procedures and strengthen our human resources infrastructure to not only avoid these issues in the future, but most importantly, it's but also. When you say not only, it's but also. But most importantly, create a team culture that is respectful and inclusive of all. Thank you, Dan. Thank you for creating that. I think that's really good that you're going to do that. So you're going to institute new policies. Does that mean that you didn't used to have policies? You have no sexual harassment policies? So there were no rules against sexual harassment. Or you had no way for people to report sexual harassment because in the article, all the women on record say, why would I report something when I know that I'm simply going to get fired, let go, or continue to be made fun of? And my, my dream is to be in the NFL, my shattered dream. We've had a lot of bad statements on nothing personal. This is about to hit the Mount Rushmore. We're going to create a team culture that's respectful. Okay. I think we should wait. Let's wait because what's going to happen is the new name will be announced. Then they'll let some time pass. They're going to hire some extra women. I promise you that's next. They're going to hire some more minority people in different positions. Then they're going to have people speaking on behalf of the Redskins. And what, uh, sorry, I just said it again. On behalf of the Washington, we don't have a names. Ron Rivera is going to stand there after a 6-10 and 10 season and say everything is better. We have cut out the bad apples. Did they get rid of the staircase? Read the article. There's a staircase, like an animal house. Remember John Belushi and the bleachers? Although it's every, any one of 20 movies where the guy's under the bleachers looking up the girl's skirt. Apparently in the Redskins front office, there's a spiral staircase. And if you stand at a certain place and you look up, the women knew not to stand there because there were people staring up their skirt. I mean, can you imagine? It literally is beyond comprehension. Beyond comprehension. So what's the NFL going to do? Because there's a lot of talk that this could be it for Dan Snyder. He's going to have to sell. Well, it's not going to happen. My wait to see is that Dan Snyder will not be forced to sell the team. He will be punished. A fine, maybe a loss of a draft pick. So this is a bonus wait to see. Wait to see one, this will not force him to sell. Wait to see two, he will be reprimanded by by baseball, by football, with a fine and potentially a loss of a draft pick. The NFL came out with a statement. NFL's writing a lot of statements. That's all people do, I'm noticing. Thank God. It's good for nothing personal. These matters, as reported, are serious, the NFL said, disturbing and contrary to the NFL's values. Everyone in the NFL has the right to work in an environment free from any and all forms of harassment. Washington has engaged outside counsel to conduct a thorough investigation into these allegations, and the club has pledged that it will give its full cooperation to the investigator, and we expect the club and all employees to do so. We will meet with the attorneys upon the conclusion and take any action based on the findings. 
That is a weak statement. And the reason that's a weak statement is the NFL should have come out immediately and in more than one state sentence where they say, as reported, they're serious, disturbing, and contrary to the NFL values. That's not giving enough credibility or credence to the women who were in this article. There's no investigation about whether or not this didn't happen. What Beth Wilkinson has been hired to do is to fix the organization going forward. They're not investigating what went on in the past. There's text messages. There are screenshots of text messages that are damning evidence. It's not good enough what the NFL is doing. But by the way, they will have to take action. The Washington, we don't got a names and Dan Snyder. You've got a serious problem. You've been doing some serious rope-a-dope and there is no end in sight. Good luck, Dan. See you soon on Nothing Personal. So the NFL for sure has a lot on its mind. Every day we've mentioned to you that with Major League Baseball and the Players Association fighting the way they did, everyone criticizing baseball for being tone deaf, come back and play. You have an opportunity. You can change the narrative. You can be the only sport to be playing on Independence Day. Remember all that? Seems like a long time ago with opening day coming in six days. By the way, the Nationals had no place to play. Now they do. They're playing in Washington. It's all good. We're on schedule to shave the beards on July 23rd. And I said that the NFL is going to have a problem because they're going to have cap issues. The salary cap has to do with revenue. They're going to have revenue issues. The cap is not going to go up in the way that it had been going up for years and years and years. That trickles down to the players. That's a problem for the union. And by the way, the NFL has to have an agreement on return to play the same way the NHL did, the same way MLS did, the same way the NBA did. There's got to be an agreement on returning to play. Where is that agreement? It's being negotiated. And it's not going very well. Do you know that rookies are due to report to camp quite soon? Training camp is supposed to start July 28th. One of my old wait to seize is the training camp will be delayed, even though Roger Goodell has done everything in his power to never have any sort of time delay. He needs games to go on, fans or no fans. Then yesterday, we got word that the NFL made a proposal. I want to talk for a minute about that proposal and explain to you why it is so interesting, why they're doing what they're doing. The NFL is the same as MLB. It's done, it's done through the commissioner. They have a labor department. They're negotiating with the head of the NFL uh, PA, uh, a man named D. Maurice Smith. They've got NFL, uh, as we saw in the collective bargain agreement, when there's a negotiation, there are uh, uh, player reps and there's an executive council, et cetera. So a proposal was made, and in that proposal – they talked about what MLB has been talking about this whole time, and that is what percentage of payroll is going to be withheld because there is going to be a reduction in revenue. Therefore, we cannot afford to pay out everything that you think you're going to get paid. 
the initial thought was NFL, they were going to hold back 35% of payroll. The players said no chance. The NFL came back and they said, we have an idea. We're going to withhold $40 million per team off of the cap this year. And the players said no chance, no chance. What the players want is exactly what the MLB players wanted. They wanted whatever hurt that the owners are having, they understand. And if the players need to take a pay cut, okay, but that's going to then just be deferred and spread out. The players want to get their full money. That's a problem. Now, what about COVID-19? What do we do about opt-outs? Do we get paid if we opt out? Do we have to be high risk? And if we're high risk, we get paid like baseball's doing. But if we're not high risk, we can still opt out, but then we don't get paid. What happened? Because remember, football is very different than baseball. Very few players have guaranteed contracts and even fewer, their guarantee is enough to live their lives forever. The majority of NFL players are not as wealthy as we think or as fans think. What the NFL said is you have till August 1st to opt out, but there is still no agreement on what the rules are of opting out. Can you opt out? Then can you opt in? Once you opt out, what happens with your money? So J.J. Watt, who is a outspoken badger, big time, one of the best players in the NFL, he came out with a statement. He did it on Twitter, but I think it's still called a statement. And he said, here's the update. Here's what we know and what we don't know. One, we want to play. Does that sound familiar to anybody? I tweeted it yesterday and Coca got mad. Coca doesn't want me to engage with players on Twitter. And he and I have gone back and forth on this. It's not that I'm insulting J.J. Watt or any other player who I respond to. I'm not being personal. That's the whole point of the show. But if Trevor Bauer is going to say something, I want to explain why it's wrong or what my perspective is or what maybe more information I can give to a player so they can make maybe a different conclusion or they can become more ingrained in their own conclusion, but at least become more educated and informed. So Coke and I have not finished this disagreement. So I responded to J.J. Watt and I said, tell us when and where. And it made me laugh because that's what the baseball players did when they were fighting with the owners. Tell us when and where. Of course, they were joking. It was tell us when and where as long as we get certain monies that were not necessarily agreed to. So Watts said, we want to play. And then he went right to the heartstrings of the general public trying to curry favor. He said, we want to be as safe as possible. This is the same J.J. Watt, might I add who said that he'd rather not play than wear a face shield. He would rather sit out than wear a shield, which would protect his spit from going on to other players. This is football. There's no social distancing. It's like a play at the plate every play of the game. He then went on to say, we haven't received a plan We don't know if we're playing preseason games. We don't know what the testing protocol is. We don't know what happens if we test positive. Nothing's been agreed upon in terms of training camp. And then he ended it with, we want to play. So the NFL and NFLPA are going to have a small issue as they continue their, as they continue their negotiation. Because as you know, under their CBA, 
which is the same as MLB, there has to be a good faith negotiation. And the good faith negotiation has to figure out how to correct this revenue shortfall, which is projected to be in the billions. And it's going to be because of no fans. We're just starting. The league is going to stand its ground. The players are going to stand their ground and they've got 11 days to get this done. I really don't think that's going to happen. I think there's going to be a delay, not just because of COVID. I just don't know if they're going to get an agreement that quickly. These are very complicated issues. When we come back, we're going to find out what movie channels Harvey Weinstein has in prison. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome back. Why would I be talking about Harvey Weinstein in prison? Well, I saw a movie that I wanted to watch and I wasn't sure what it was about. And it's uh, certainly about the subject we're talking about today with the Washington. We don't have a names yet. It's a movie called The Assistant. I don't remember where I saw it. I think it could be new. It stars Julia Garner. Julia Garner is from uh, Ozark. It's written and directed by Kitty Green. And it's about Julia Garner, who plays an assistant to a top movie executive. Interestingly enough, throughout the course of this show, this movie, you never see who she works for. It is a very quiet, tough movie with a top flight, potentially Oscar-nominated performance by Julia Garner. Very subtle, the way she acted. She acted with her face. It's, you may say it's too slow, but if you're watching her act, it's the perfect speed. She acts with facial expressions. You see what it's like to be an assistant to someone who is harassing her. What it's like to be made to feel so small, insignificant. It's clearly modeled after Harvey Weinstein as the executive and what it would have been like to have worked for him. There are people going in and out of this executive's office, this studio head, doing what they don't ever, ever should be made to do in order to get a role, a movie role. I found the movie to be fascinating. 
it, the reason why it's worth watching has nothing to do with what just happened in the Washington. We don't have a names. It has to do with Julia Garner. It has to do with the reality and how sick and tired we should all be about the reality of the workplace and what women have to go through. Forget the fact that they can't get and don't get equal pay. Forget the fact that they can't get and don't get equal opportunity. That's bad enough. When you have to deal with what many women have to deal with in the workplace, it's unconscionable. The assistant with Julia Garner, please check it out. ML Beer Challenge is day 124. We are heading toward 130 because I think we're losing the beards. Coke and I have been growing our beards for 124 days. My teeth are gone. Now my lips are gone. The truth is you only see a little gray now on the bottom. If you're watching on YouTube, by the way, thank you. Thank you for watching and listening and for voting for this for podcast of the year in the sports category. There's a link wherever you're watching or listening. Just vote. It takes two seconds. Put the email in. Thank you. All right. I got to end the show and I got to talk about A-Rod. I'm doing it again. Coke, I have to. It's too good. It's simply too good. So A-Rod and J-Lo are trying to buy the Mets. We've talked about that. Every day A-Rod does something else, which tells me that he better be the high bidder by a lot. And I'm still not sure he's going to get 23 votes. The 23 votes, which are needed to become an owner in Major League Baseball. What did we learn yesterday about A-Rod? Well, A-Rod and J-Lo, the power of the powerest of couples, they got on a plane during COVID. I guarantee you it was not American Airlines. And they went to New England to meet with Robert and Jonathan Kraft. They went because they wanted to have a learning session, which, by the way, when we were selling the Marlins, A-Rod wanted to do the same thing with me. A-Rod and I had lunch, and he wanted to talk about getting votes to be an owner, wanted to learn about owners, was doing his due diligence. We had a very nice lunch, and it was just fine. A-Rod and J-Lo want to learn from the crafts, not about winning. Of course, that's what's being reported. If they want to learn from anyone, learning from the crafts, that'd be the best. Really? Are they the model organization? Are you sure? They certainly have the rings. But are they the model organization in every other way? Deflategate, Spygate. What they were learning is all the development that the crafts have done because that's their business. Football is one of their businesses, but the other business the crafts are in is major real estate development. And there's a lot of development around Gillette Stadium and a lot that the Craft family is involved with. So Alo wanted to get, I'm going to do Alo from now on because A-Rod and J-Lo takes too long. Alo, they want to get involved and learn because we found out they want to develop around City Field. Around City Field right now are a bunch of chop shops that are called. They were around Shea Stadium. Then when City Field was built, 
the Wilpons had said and everybody said that the chop shops are going to disappear. There's going to be development. We're going to get people there before games. We're going to get them to stay after games. Trust me, we did the same thing for Marlins Park. We're going to get people there before, after. We're going to raise money. It's going to be huge. A huge source of revenue turned out to be not just in Little Havana, the urban sprawl has not happened in the last eight years. Maybe it will, maybe it won't. The same urban sprawl has not gotten to Queens where City Field is. But A-Rod and J-Lo are going to make the difference. So they are going public. It's find, found out that they're meeting with the crafts because they want to develop the chop shops as part of their model. They're going to convince Brian Urlacher and Bradley Beal, give us the money. We're going to pay $2 billion, but we're going to make so much money, you're not going to believe it because we're also going to develop that real estate and that's going to throw off the income. This is the best business ever. Without Fred and Jeff Wilpon there, we're going to get more season ticket holders, more corporate sponsors. We're going to win more games because we're ALO. We know what we're doing. And we're going to do concerts. We're going to have venues and bars and it's going to be the greatest thing ever. Mark my words, N-G-T-H, not gonna to happen. Did it again. N-G-H, not gonna happen. And that wasn't A-Rod's only faux pas yesterday. In one day, A-Rod gave an interview where he said, I am committed to moving and working forward in conjunction with players we need to build this game and not fight over revenue. We need to build this from $10 billion to $15 billion. By the way, it's not $10 million revenue anymore. We need to build this and we'll share the revenue with the players. 50-50, Tony Clark, the head of the union, said, what are you talking about, A-Rod? That's a salary cap. You know very well that we're not going to do a salary cap. You used to be a player. You made all your money because there was no salary cap. Now you're going to think you're going to kiss ass of the owners? A-Rod, here's a word for you. The things you're saying are not helping you get a team. You don't have to carry Rob Manford's water or the other owner's water by talking about revenue and having conversations with Tony Clark. That's not going to make a difference. It's not going to help you. You want to get the team? Bid the most money by far. Because you know Fred and Jeff Wilpon are looking at this and saying one thing and one thing only. This is business. It's nothing personal.